0: Probably been given a lot of advice in your life. Some you take, the rest you take with a proverbial grain of salt. Here's something to consider. Don't get old. Sure, you'll age, you'll grow up, you'll mature, you might even retire someday. But never, ever get old. That, to this day, has been the best piece of advice I've ever been given. It was from a middle-aged sports broadcast journalist who was addressing an entire auditorium full of college students who had no real concept of age. I was one of them and at the time couldn't fathom the thought of getting old or what exactly old was. This guy was in his mid-50s. In my eyes, still fairly young, or at least young enough to still have a lot of growing to do. But old enough to understand how fast life can move and how, if you get old, it'll for sure leave you behind. See, the problem with getting old is that the world doesn't. It just keeps spinning. It keeps growing. It keeps evolving. It keeps learning. While those who let themselves get old just continue to hold on to old thoughts and old beliefs that no longer work and no longer apply to the world that just kept spinning until it more or less spun into something totally new, leaving them who decided, for some reason, to stand still. Be willing and able to embrace what now is giving you. Common sense, right? Well, some people, unfortunately, have to learn this the hard way. When you think of how we used to get movies at home or take family and friend photos, it's hard to understand why those companies didn't see or didn't act on. The technology taking over their respective industries to be the ones to give us what we have now. So you can probably see why it might be hard to sympathize with industries like the one Ollie Wakefield, who until last year had been driving taxi cabs in DC since the eighties, finds himself in. Now in every aspect of Ollie's life, he's managed to more or less stay young. He's often mistaken for a man 10, 20 years as junior, because he eats well, stays active, keeps his stress down and his joy up, and he stays away from controlled substances that can take a toll on the body, mind, and spirit. His kids even tease him because he uses his cell phone for everything. But even in 2010, by which time, a number of industrious entrepreneurs were pitching VCs and beta-testing ride-sharing companies that would change the way we logistically got places and things. Ali and many of his counterparts were still maintaining belief that taxis were good investments for the future. Even with his cell phone in his hand, Ali didn't see it eliminating his industry in less than a decade. Today, Mr. Wakefield, or Ollie as he prefers to be called, still drives for a living. But instead of a red or yellow taxi, he's often behind the wheel of his silver Ford Explorer. Now, to their credit, the taxi industry did see this coming and had even started experimenting with different ways for us to summon cars. But who knows? When you hear old things like, women don't direct movies, you know that the person who said it probably hasn't seen a movie in the last 40 years. When you hear old things like, fat is bad for you, you figure the person that believes this is reading a magazine from 50 years ago. When you hear old things like, marijuana is a gateway drug, you might wonder how a person that still thinks that way would actually work as the leader of a constantly changing and growing free world. Old minds have no place in the new world. The reality is, time is going to tick by. And you can be ready, pliable, and open enough to embrace a new way to get a movie at home, take a picture of your friend, or summon a ride wherever you are. Or you can stay in the good old days believing that things will always be the way they are. Now that broadcaster with the good advice had been in his business for a long time and he wasn't just getting older, he was getting better. He was relating to younger audiences, using the latest technology, spearheading the latest topics. Essentially, at nearly age 60, he was changing the game. So I wanted to know, what is the key to never becoming irrelevant? Sure, talent, hard work, connections, and maybe luck, all matter. But whether you're in the music business, the at-home movie business, the taxi cab business, or you're a father or a farmer or a physician, when you become outdated, death, whether literally, professionally, spiritually, or somehow figuratively, soon follows. So that broadcaster's response to me became the best advice I ever received. Don't get old. Sure, you'll age, you'll grow up, you'll mature. Hey, you might even retire someday. But never, ever get old. I'm Kayana Ebony Brown, and this is a story of music and men. Much like the music industry, DC was changing. That perception or misconception that everything is old and gray like our buildings, the streets, the men, that thought was being challenged. We had survived the country's economic slump and was undergoing an entire social renovation. Things that were once old were now new again and no longer was age a prerequisite for dominance. In fact, women like my friend Jay we're not above personal quests to investigate and prove the hypothesis that with youth came certain uh physical benefits. Oh my god, his energy is fucking ridiculous and his mouth? She exclaimed with a long blink as if she was remembering something right then and there. I mean the things he can do with his teeth. Not his tongue, but his actual teeth. Cut off by the glare of a short Barbadian woman, likely 60 or so, who was giving her one of those eye-cutting, seemingly judgmental non stares while topping off drinks for us, Jay stopped as the area fell silent around us for the moment. Jay, Ty, and I had spent the better part of the last hour walking around an experimental, technology-driven art exhibit that used everything from LED lights to your cell phone to tell a story or take you into a whole other reality of artistic experience. It's hard for me to really explain something that you really need to experience in order to get it, which is what Jay had been trying to tell us during the Uber ride to the place. See, she had been before several times, in fact, and she and our driver, an old guy by the name of Ollie, who you wouldn't guess was really into this kind of thing, were both attempting to explain what we would be in for as he chauffeured us to the place. But there was no way they could accurately describe this. Before now, I had never even entertained the idea of art galleries or other institutions that showcased art becoming outdated. But after this experience, (laughs) I would never look at the -the run-of-the-mill museum without thinking they need to step up their game. So yes, of course, they had a full bar in the place where you could take a moment, or however long you needed, away from the art to truly digest what you just experienced with some libations. There was no telling exactly how much the bartender had heard before Jay decided to spare her of the details that she was more than ready to give me and Ty about what had happened last night, and this morning too, for that matter. The bartender quickly finished, but instead of throwing in a condemnatory look at Jay, who would have missed it as she was concentrating on the hard seltzer in front of her that seemed to be more ice than drink, she smiled and said to her, I'll be over here while you finish your little story. Let me know if you ladies need anything else. It was almost as if she and Jay had some unspoken understanding as they nodded and shared a smile before she was taking drinks from another group at the end of the bar. Anyway, I wonder if using the teeth like that is like a thing where he's from. Somewhere in Britain, some fucking where. I don't know, but it's a goddamn gift. And he's British? <laughs> you cannot make this stuff up. Ty said, laughing at some untold portion of the story. Uh, I don't get it. I said, looking back and forth at them, waiting for somebody to fill me in. Hey, uh why don't you tell Kenya his name? Ty asked Jay with a devious smile on her face. But Jay simply rolled her eyes, holding in a blush, and didn't respond. Perhaps the alcohol was more important than this, too. So Ty went on. His name, get this, is Mason Dixon. (laughs) I smiled and looked at Jay, waiting for her to say something in defense or maybe to correct Ty or something. But again, the drink was priority. You're seeing a guy named Mason Dixon? I asked, for some reason finding that rather fascinating. (sighs) I met him when I went to go get a tattoo. Wait, you got a tattoo? I was so out of the loop. Because of the demise of Ty's short-lived marriage, Jay felt like it was her responsibility to make sure her good friend didn't spend too much time at home alone. She had no intention of trying to help her meet new guys again. These efforts were more altruistic. She genuinely wanted to spend more time with her to help keep her mind on perhaps some altogether new experiences. Because even though Jay knew very little about marriage and what little she did know left a sour taste in her mouth, She imagined it probably had the same effect on its subjects as that cryogenic freezing chamber from Austin Powers. Sure, Austin woke up 30 years later still young looking, but everything about him, everything he knew, his style, his slang, his music taste, everything, was still somewhere in the 60s. Now to Jay, Ty was stuck somewhere in the last decade or so. Ty hadn't been married for that long, but in the 21st century, things move fast now. And Ty was already unusually mature for her 30 years and seven months. She's a, quote, throwback, as Jay calls her. The kind of girl you might expect to see in one of those Victorian novels if they had black people in them. She prefers to write everything by hand instead of on the computer or in her phone. She hardly uses apps and... I don't know how she's as productive as she is. She refuses to use one of those e-readers for her books. She insists she needs to feel the paper. And she almost exclusively wears dresses or skirts. I don't even think she owns a pair of sweatpants. Now, coupled this with all that school and a marriage, you could say that her entire 20s had been spent in a virtual time capsule. None of this helped her as she now tried to navigate this almost solely technology, data-driven digital society we live in now. The very world in which Jay thrives. So as they spent more and more time together now, or Jay would say again finally, Ty couldn't understand the gratification Jay got from taking so many pictures of herself every single day, or what benefits she got from seeing the hearts and thumbs and likes climb by the second after every post. And when the hell did she even have time to meet 478,000 people? She didn't get the tattoo, Ty said to me, calmingly, And then she turned to Jay. Hey, he looked young. You ever bother to even find out how old he is? Yeah, make sure you're not crossing any lines. Sure, my little joke was corny, but... I just couldn't pass it up. Ty got it and smiled. Jay ignored me. You know... Jay started taking her time. Age is such an arbitrary thing. Ty looked at her, shaking her head. That answer? Seriously? (laughs) It makes me question his legality. No, he's, he's legal, okay? Jay said, very unconvincingly. Ty looked at her, waiting for the other shoe to drop. And again, Jay took her time before finally saying, He's 20. 20? Are you kidding me? Ty said louder than expected. Jay shrugged. I mean, he's a mature 20. And I could no longer (laughs) even hold in my laughter. I actually wanted to laugh too, but she refused and just looked at me and repeated, A mature 20. And shook her head in disbelief at the obvious absurdity of the statement. Now, would you believe she graduated summa cum laude from Howard and she says some things like this? Listen, an eight-year difference is nothing, okay? If I was 39 and he was 31. he's nine. not 31. He's twenty. Not even old enough to buy you that drink. Shit, he'll be 21... eventually. Ty offered nothing more than her now customary eye-roll, head-shaking reaction to Jay's response. Despite often challenging the pressures put on women by most societies and cultures, and not wanting to fall victim to these expectations herself, it's hard to break out of what you know and what's been ingrained so deeply Ty probably married when she did because she didn't want to be that woman who had gotten too old and was not married yet. Oh yeah, and love, apparently. She would also admit that her overly delicate, pleasant, always well-presented way about her was because she was a belle from the South. But was it? Or was it another way she was bending to expectations? Now, I'm sure she had absolutely no problem with pants, but something in her just felt like she, as a proper woman, should wear dresses or skirts. Fucking patriarchy. It's like some kind of voodoo cast by the sickest priestess. Male priestess, of course. Despite finding humor at her expense, I felt bad for Jay this time. You know, if she were a man, I said to Ty without looking at her, you wouldn't even be having this conversation. Exactly, Jay agreed. And with her eyebrows raised, Ty put her wine down, looked at me and said, so you're siding with her on this? Look, I'm just saying, men have been dating people half their age since the beginning of time and everybody's okay with it. He's not Half my age, Jay corrected justifiably. But in response to me, Ty said, Because it balances out. Look, men mature much later than women. So a 50-year-old man is really only mentally in his early to maybe mid-30s. So if he dates a woman who's 30, they're actually about the same age. In this case, the guy you're seeing, Jay, is only about six, maybe seven years old Jay couldn't help but laugh at the potential truth of that statement. But I, however, was still caught up on the part about a 50-year-old man dating someone that was much younger. Ty looked at me, noticing that I was suddenly distant. Hey, what's going on? I took a deep breath, not really wanting to bring this up, but I couldn't avoid it now because it was already up. Well, my father is seeing someone. Apparently, it's pretty serious. Last night, I was supposed to have dinner with the two of them. Ty and Jay's eyes met without either one of them having to move their heads. I could feel, and see, that they were literally on the edges of their seats, hanging on to my story, anticipating the details that would explain my sudden discomfort. But when I stopped, apparently finished with what I had started, Ty opened her hands, and as if to inform me that she was still waiting for more, she said with an upward inflection in her voice, And? And with another deep breath, I tried to decide how I was going to say this since I was now embarrassed by my own actions. See, most nights, by the time I got home, my father was either already asleep or already gone for work. He was an emergency room nurse practitioner with crazy hours, so I seldom knew exactly when we'd see each other throughout a given day. We had a system though, before sleep, every night. If we hadn't seen or talked to each other that day, we had to call and hear the other's voice, if only for a brief moment to say, love you, before the day ended. This was something my dad started when I went to college, even though I didn't leave town for school. And things had begun to change in the house with his and my mother's relationship, for lack thereof. We hadn't had a particularly ideal father-daughter connection when I was growing up, and perhaps he felt bad about that. Perhaps he felt bad about a lot of things. But John Shaw has always been the type of guy to make an effort to correct things and embrace change, rather than wallow in misery. But last night... Instead of coming home to a sleeping dad or an empty house, I found myself standing outside my front door trying to decipher how many voices exactly were coming from inside the house. We were the only two people who lived there now, so the blend of voices was kind of confusing me. And then I remembered that earlier that week, my father did tell me that he wanted me to meet somebody. Somebody special, he'd said I thought about all of this as I went ahead and picked up from where Ty's one word question and had left me and I just didn't go in. I left and I texted him saying that I forgot I had plans, which wasn't a lie. I did have plans that I made right then to meet up with a friend. Isn't this like the second time you've made up plans to avoid me <sighs> i know i know i admit it cutting her off before she could finish i know i just it's just uh, 33 really 33 i didn't know if i was being unreasonable but instead of finding out if i had two people who agreed with me and my reaction to my father and the idea of a 33 year old i didn't want to find out I just avoided looking at them and continued to stare into my drink. But still, I had to start putting some real thought into my way of thinking. Kids often adapt to traditional images of what their family ought to look like. Mother, father, children, holidays, birthdays, kids grow up, find their one, get married, rinse and repeat. But... Was it silly for me to hold on to this when my parents haven't been an item for nearly a decade and were glorified roommates for years before making formal separation official? Living with my father, however, and finally allowing myself to actually see him with someone new would just make this more real to me. We're all idealists. So I wasn't ready for real. My parents were never getting back together, and I knew this for sure. But perhaps, despite having 10 years to get used to it, I just wasn't ready to admit it. Meeting his new someone would be an admission. This new someone being almost 20 years younger than he was just gave me another, maybe a much better, excuse After a few seconds, Ty asked, slowly and intentionally, putting soft emphasis on very specific words in this very short question. So, are you sure that it's just the age thing that bothers you? It doesn't bother me, I said, quickly jumping in front of that thought as if I needed to be clear before she or Jay, who was just listening by this point could get the wrong idea. I was starting to feel like my friend had left the bar and that I was now talking to Ty the head doctor in that museum. But now, after a few more seconds, I decided not to build this conversation on a lie. Okay, it bothers me. I'm 27. I have friends who are 33. Why is it weird that I think it's weird that my father also has friends who are 33? Well, That's the thing about love, Kenya. It doesn't always make sense. Now, wait a goddamn minute. You just fucked with me about seeing a younger dude just like five minutes ago. Yeah, that's because what you're doing has nothing to do with love. It's damn near statutory rape. I'm tempted to call somebody. (sighs) I don't understand it, though, Kenya. Jay said now. If your father's happy, then what difference does it make? And honestly, there was no way that I could answer that and still sound my age. This episode of, of Music and Men, was written and produced by me, Kayana. Music for this episode was provided by Filmstro, arranged and designed for this episode by yours truly. Now for your word of inspiration, you have music from Scott Buckley, A New Year. And I can't forget about this song we're listening to right now. It's called A Magical Journey Through Space, and it's by Lionel Cassio. And we have a little treat for you. There's a download to this track in the show credits. So go to the show notes and you can download this song for your own listening pleasure. For more information on all of these artists and how you can support their efforts, visit the show notes again in your podcast app or just go to ofmusicandmen.com and select this episode. Now, if you would like to have your music featured on the show, check out our website for more info on how you can submit. Now, of course, of Music and Men is much, much more than just this podcast. The novella series is available in online bookstores, or at least the pilot is, episode one uh, of the novella series is available in online bookstores. And if you wish to have a physical copy, you can get it on our website at musicandmen.com where you can also get merch t-shirts and other cool stuff don't forget to subscribe at apple stitcher or wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts and remember to rate and review probably should have said that first well doesn't matter subscribe rate review i'd love to hear what you're thinking lastly Connect with us on Patreon, where you can become part of this journey, part of the project too, where you can help it to grow to everything it was meant to be. Make sure to share this some way, somehow, with at least one of your friends. And follow Of Music and Men everywhere online, at Of Music and Men. And of course, when you do, please don't hesitate to reach out. Artists and entrepreneurs are a very unique type. We face lots of rejection almost too often for comfort. So whether you're a seasoned business owner or creator, aspiring to be one, or you simply here just to hear a great story, I want to always give you something to ponder until next time. Today's word is from George Bernard Shaw. Youth is the most beautiful thing in the world. What a pity that it has to be wasted on children. Now, when we're young, we don't know how good we got it. For instance, when I was a kid, I ate like crap and got away with it. (laughs) Now, my diet is virtually flawless, but one misstep and I'm paying for it. Boy, do I wish I knew then what I know now about the importance of food. It literally is medicine. I'm glad I know it now, though. But look at how much time and peak physicality was wasted on an ignorant child. (laughs) But it's never too late to start where you are, and you'll be fine.